you found the J-Spot. Join us every Thursday for a candid look at issues affecting women. Everyone is welcome. We are an all-inclusive podcast with open minds and hearts. If you've got an opinion, we want to hear it. From work life to sex to sexual preference to lifestyle, we will leave no stone unturned as we educate ourselves and others. J-Spot. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So, hi guys. Welcome to episode nine of the J-Spot podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Jade. We are on our second to last podcast of season two, I believe. It's gone very quickly. Gone, hey. I know. I think we'll probably have another little break after this because it's hard work organizing all of this on top of jobs and general life stuff. So, Facebook Christmas as well. What? Our first J-Spot Christmas. It is, yeah. So obviously we started in the summer during the first lockdown and we've already almost finished two seasons. So proud of us. We've done pretty well. Yeah, we did do well. Today's episode is going to be about, I don't know how we're going to word it, immigration or... Yeah. Yeah. Being a strong, independent woman, immigrate into a different country. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't come up with a title yet. Yeah, um, a title will be, you know, decided before this actually airs. Yeah, so we've got, I would say, a non-stereotypical then lady on the show to talk about being an immigrant in a different country because most people have a very, I would probably say, racist view of immigration. And but it's also a very like Western-centric view as well because they, yeah. like, if you say immigrant, they assume you've come to England. Whereas immigration is like just to and from wherever. It's Literally, not. if I might move to ch- to China, it would it'd be the same yeah. thing. Not that you would. Cause... Not that I would, because fuck that shit. But <laughs> <laughs> only because yeah. of the way they eat weird animals. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not here for it. Um, so before we crack on with today's episode, I have an article for Jade. Festive themed article obviously because we're in december now christmas is upon us how um, um, how have you got on with your christmas shopping have you finished finished mate absolutely smashed it but um I have, the 7th and i've finished so good i am um, normally every year i'm done by now i get it done really quickly because i utilize black friday and then i just get really carried away and sort it all out mm. um but this year is my first year self-employed, so I'm having to spread it out a little bit to make sure I don't bleed my bank account. Yeah, dry. no, I get that. But I, I'm nearly finished. Um, I've just got, because, again, COVID and everything that's happened this year with everyone's jobs and everything, my family, we've decided to do Secret Santa this year. So we're not buying everyone loads of different presents. We're just... I think that's a good money. idea, though. Um, on the pence. I didn't necessarily buy on Black Friday because I kind of don't really agree with Black Friday, but I have sourced most of my presents this year from some more independent businesses trying to support those you know that have struggled this year with covid so i've tried really hard to like stick to that using etsy a lot love etsy using not on the high street the the thing i find most difficult about shopping small because i did the same last christmas i've done the same again this year apart from the thing my secret santa asked for wasn't from small business um but when I've picked things for people, I've tried to go small. The thing I find the most difficult, and I know it can't really be helped, is the fucking delivery costs. Well, because you know, when you on, want... 
not on the high street. You can literally pick free mainland delivery. So I, no, I literally, I have paid, I haven't paid for delivery more than I have paid for delivery, if that makes sense. Oh, see, I kind of went straight to lots of like independent websites and stuff and ended up just paying like a fortune in delivery costs. Because yeah. obviously not that I, I, you know, would promote Amazon for any reason, but like if you did get everything on Amazon, you can all just order it all on Prime, comes to your door the next day. It's the convenience, but then that's fuck another Amazon. debate. <laughs> yeah, it's another but debate. And, about how, and we said about the, um, with the, only fans and everything with um Laura last week we just want everything now yeah which is so unhealthy but yeah it is what it is anyway yeah. that's anyway. over um so let me crack on with my article so I assume Jade that you are aware of the Christmas new Christmas tradition that is Elf on the Shelf yes I'm aware of Elf on the Shelf so I have a niece and a nephew and my sister likes to keep us all up to date on the family group chat with Phoebe's daily Elf on the Shelf, um, what's it called? What mischief, yeah, what mischief he's been up to in the middle of the night. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of fun with it and like to share it on social media. So this article is... Worst elf on the shelf pranks as some parents are accused of taking it too far. Right, I'm here for this. This sounds yeah. like me parenting. Yeah. So, mischievous parents have occasionally taken it too far while creating elaborate elf on the shelf pranks with their unsuspecting children ending up terrified by the festive tradition. <laughs> Lots of families have started moving around Santa's little helper today as we are finally in December. Oh God, well, sorry, one of my Christmas decorations just fell down as I said that. It scared the shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a sign. Future ghost of Christmas present. Um, so for those not in the know, Elf on the Shelf is a relatively new Christmas tradition um, beloved by parents of small children. So basically it's a little elf that you move around the house every night while your children are asleep. And they, they wake up in the morning and they're doing something mischievous, like taking biscuits out of the biscuit jar or sat on the toilet going to the loo or something, you know, just to make the kids laugh and make them believe that there's like an elf. Like, I think it's they're meant to be watching them to make sure they're being good. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole concept, but that doesn't really make sense if the elf's just like being a little shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I've got my examples here. You won't be able to see, but I'm going to explain it. So it says, ho, ho, no, this won't boost a festive cheer in your house. Charred elf remains. So one <laughs> parent thought it would be a good idea to put some chicken bones in the, oh, shape, in the shape of the body of what an elf elf <laughs> yes, is. With a little hat I love it because I would fucking do this. I on love plate, it. So on a plate with a knife and fork, so they've eaten the elf, um, which is pretty fucked up, you know. Just being yeah. a child to come down. What's for Christmas dinner? Oh, just gonna have the elf. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that one. That one made me laugh. This one is pretty extreme. So it says shaved hair prank. A mischievous mum took the game to the next level by shaving the word elf into the back of her son's head. <laughs> and the elf is holding the shaver so it's like he's just shaved his name into the kid's hair so 
did he wake up with that in his hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um, this is your parenting girls. I, I love all of these people. This is you as, so as a mum. Oh, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Explicit elf on the shelf. While other elves simply sit on the bookshelf or pop, a, pop up in the kitchen cupboard, others were apparently misbehaving big time. So this is a picture of an elf with a tea bag on his crotch on top of another elf, basically teabagging him is what that's to insinuate. Oh, okay, got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've got more than one kid and more than one elf, you know, why not? This is fucked up. So one mum, one mum accidentally killed an elf by throwing it in the oven. It's definitely not one of the places endorsed by the parents to hide festive assistance. But she woke up and he'd melted and burned in <laughs> the oven. <laughs> oh my fucking god, that is horrendous. Um, These people are gonna have like proper PTSD with. So that's all I have. That's all I have, I'm afraid. But I feel oh, like yeah. if you need some cheering up, definitely maybe look up some funny Elf on the Shelf examples because those are good. I think my favourite has to be the chicken bone one. What's um What's Amy done so far with Phoebe? Um, uh, there was she did one which I had to um. I had to question. The elf was in a Barbie car with Barbie and Barbie was naked. And I was like, Amy, no. <laughs> I was like, you've got, you've got to put some clothes on Barbie. I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> what did she say? What was the logic behind she that? She made out that she was going to do it, put the clothes on in the morning, but I reckon she would have left it if I hadn't said it. Oh my God. I was like, what message is this sending? <laughs> elf has gone and picked Barbie up from a strip club. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's I think, amazing. I mean, I really enjoy them because I, I really enjoy Phoebe's reaction because it's really cute. Um, but last year she sent us videos religiously every single day. But this year she hasn't been so good and I'm kind of disappointed because it was the highlight of my mornings. But um, Well, Amy, if you're listening, get back onto it. We need some Elf on the Shelf content from you. Yeah, come on, Especially Amy. Especially if we out. Can we have some separate NSFW adult Elf on a Shelf content for the adults? Oh my God, we should buy one, Jess, and start making like J-Sport Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> it's too late. It's already the 7th of December. Next year. <laughs> Next year. Okay, fine. Next year. We'll, we'll both have to get one because we don't live together. So we'll have to take yeah. it down. And then when they see each other, they'll just be like, Fucking. scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> we went for the same, same sort of thing. <laughs> So, Jade, anyway. I'm going to let you introduce our guest, as you know her better than myself. Yes, so um, we... Don't, unmi- don't unmute yourself yet, one second. I can just see that she's raring to go. Um, so, we have Come. a friend of mine. Um, her name is Georgia. She is joining us today. I'm not going to tell you... We know it's, like, about immigration, but we're going to find out her story. Um, so, I'm not going to go too much into that. But, yeah, um, we will be back with Georgia after this. So, as I said, just before we have that brief break, we are joined by my lovely friend. Her name is Georgia. Hello, Georgia. Hello. Good abend. <laughs> I know. I, there's going to be some, like, what do you call it when it's um, mixed in with two different Dinglish. languages? I call it Dinglish. I don't know what it's called in the real world. Lingua Franca, I think. Deutsch. 
Dutch, Deutsche, English. Yeah, Dinglish. I've got no fucking clue. Let's not, this will answer the question. Tell us why you're here today, my lovely Ginge, and um, where you are. Um, my name is Georgia and I live in Hamburg, which is in Germany, and I've lived here for one and a half years, and I moved here to live with my German boyfriend. Ah, I thought you moved here for work, or was it one and the same? No, the decision actually with the whole work uh, element was very difficult for me. It's something that I pained over for months because I have worked, you know, on my career since I was two years old in the UK. And then moving to Germany kind of felt a bit like I was giving up what I've always worked on because my long-term goal was always to be a performer, uh, preferably on the West End. And that doesn't exist here. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, it was definitely not for career. Um, it was mainly for love. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> no, but we I'm just, just I'm just a single moody bitch. Ignore me. Okay. <laughs> we had a um, discussion in our Disney Princess episode about the fact that um, Princess Tiana got a lot of shit because she chose. A man over her career and we were like in, on the surface you're like oh yeah you should never choose a man over your career but like when it comes to love and it doesn't have to be a boyfriend but like a family just love in general like we would all pick that surely we would mm. all just do the thing we would most people would follow their hearts right you can't like yeah. I don't think anyone could sort of criticize oh yeah it's, I, it's difficult it's difficult when you're not in, in the situation isn't it you don't know unless yeah. you're in the situation. Everyone's different. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, moving here didn't stop my career. Um, so I I was before COVID. I was going to say COVID did. Yeah, right. <laughs> COVID ruined my career. <laughs> but um, no, I've been working on cruise ships. And I work for a, a German cruise line company, which is how Max and I met. And, you know, I was very much still in the throw of that career. And it's something that we planned to be in our lives for at least the next two or three years. So if anything... It didn't completely end my career. It just sent my career in a slightly different direction than I, as a 16-year-old, anticipated when I began, you know, the professional part of this journey. Yeah. So can you tell us what the process is when you're moving to a different country completely? Because I wouldn't have a fucking clue where to start, basically. Just yeah. for like, br you as like briefly, you know, not like, you know, ridiculously in depth, but as briefly yeah. as you can, like the process. So, I mean, I will keep it very brief, but this does have two sides now because mm -hmm. it's moving pre and post Brexit, which is obviously yeah. a huge thing, especially mm -hmm. in my life right now. Um, it was honestly so simple. Mm -hmm. I went to an office here and was like, hi, my name's Georgia. I'm going to live here now. And they were <laughs> like, okay. And gave me a piece of paper. Nice. The only question she asked me was what religion I am. That was it. How strange. Yeah, How it was like a five-minute appointment. But this is because I had the right to move freely with any, between EU countries because of uh, Brexit. No, oh, not because of Brexit, because there was You're no Brexit. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I'd be really interested to know if anybody's had the experience of declaring their religion and had 
it made more difficult for them mm. because I mean we've probably in our heads got an idea of why they ask that especially in this current climate um but obviously it's kind of no good speculating when you don't really know the answer are you religious yeah. uh, did you are you religious did you have to tell no. them anything no no I'm not I'm I'm atheist yeah. I don't even know if it's a relevant question. I never thought of it that way, Jade. That's really interesting. I actually don't know mm. now. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just being cynical and like hating the UK. But <laughs> but it, it it could even just be like what's it called? Like diversity and yeah, so know. they can keep track of like you know the yeah, and that's something yeah. they're hot on here. They're very hot on it. I have to say the Auslander office, the foreigner office, they're brilliant. And mm. I feel like in this whole Brexit mess that Germany cares a lot more about me than England does. Oh, that's nice. It's really interesting. Yeah. We're still yeah. here, remember. Don't rub it in too much. <laughs> hey, you've got till the 31st of December to move here and live with me. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like, I um, when I went into railing with my brother, um, it was Berlin and we also went to Amsterdam and either... Actually, we went to Cologne as well, so we went to two different places in Germany, but um, I could easily... Obviously, having been there for, like, two days, I say this, but um, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, the people I know quite a few German people and I love them all um the healthcare which we're going to talk about in a bit as well I had to go to a hospital and they were amazing um and I, yeah I just and do you know what actually I know that this isn't going to be a podcast about Germany <laughs> but <laughs> one thing I really liked about Germany is we went on the walking tour in Berlin and um our tour guide was a British guy but he'd lived there for for ages and ages and he said um we noticed that they all took us around all of the war memorials like the jewish um the holocaust memorial um everything you can do on foot and he said do you know what germany has made a massive effort to say we did this i like, couldn't agree more yeah they're like they do not try and hide it they're like this is what we did and this yeah. is why it's never going to happen again whereas in yeah. the uk it's like someone's like oh should we take that picture of that statue of really really racist winston churchill down and everyone's like why he was great we love him <laughs> like <laughs> yeah exactly and um i just think it's that's one thing i found really admirable actually is the fact that they know they done fucked up no, you're um, so right. I love that about Germany. We live literally like a two minute walk from this gorgeous memorial. Um, if you can say that sensitively. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, no, no. I'm sure you can. Like, they yeah. are made yeah. to look beautiful. So, you know. Yeah, it's called the, the Hanover Bahnhof, which is the Hanover train station. And this is literally the train station where they used to pile everyone on. I don't oh. know if you've been to any kind of concentration camp and seen how small those train stations are, mm -hmm. those trains are. And they would pile everyone on and they'd send them off to Hanover to one of the um, like working concentration camps. Yeah. Um, and that's not even where they were sent to be murdered. They were sent specifically to work the and work, build things. Yeah. And, but it's, yeah, it's, they're so sensitive about that. I love that about Germany. I'd like I really to, I, in a little morbid way as possible, I'd love to see it. I'd like to, you know, I think it's, yeah. it's an important thing to remember. Um, it really is. Yeah. 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 Germany's on my list, definitely. I just um, Hamburg. <laughs> what we all say? We all talk Always got a friend in Hamburg. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Jade will have to go. <laughs> Another person to visit on the list. This one's slightly further than the other ones. Oh no, one was <laughs> Indonesia. You lose. Sorry. Yeah, one is Indonesia. So yeah, that's it's going to be a world tour. It's going to be quite yeah, a yeah. J Spot World Tour 2021. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
are we going to go into the process post Brexit or are we not? We can't. We can't do it. You don't know. Okay, fair play. All I do know is um, I have an appointment on the twelfth of January with this the foreigners' office, the Ausländer Behörde, and that's where I will be given this this card, which is basically like an ID card. Um, I already had to go because um, I have um, a gig booked, which is over New Year's, which means I would be returning to Germany post Brexit, mm-hmm. and they might not let me back in the country. So I've been oh, already, nice. and I have like a preliminary identification uh, card or whatever that will let me come back. It's a really straightforward process. Quite Anything scary that, though, like, isn't it? Yeah, and you have to pay for it. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Are you um? Are you a German citizen now, or will you be? I feel very conflicted on that. Um, I haven't lived here long enough to gain citizenship before mm-hmm. Brexit. And the uh, German uh, Germany doesn't like you having dual um, citizenship. So right. the only way in the future that I can have a German citizenship is if I renounce my English citizenship. And I oh, feel very passionately that I won't ever do that. Um, just because, I mean, I lived there for 25 and a half years of my yeah. life. Yes, I want to live here, get married here, have kids here. I also want my kids to be half English, half German. Mm. Like, I don't want to take that away from them. So at least for now, citizenship is definitely not on the cards, although I'm Mm -hmm. half Irish. So as soon as I can get my Irish passport, Brexit is no longer in my life. I just got to get my shit together and do that. So before this happened and before you joined Aida and met your partner and everything, had you ever considered that you'd want to move away or was it always a straight up no because of your career aspirations? I never really thought about it before. I mean, everyone always says, oh, when I'm older, I'd love to move to blah, 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 exotic country. But honestly, it was never something I thought about because I always considered traveling as a huge part of my career. So I never thought that it would uh, cause me to relocate, if that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of like, what's the word? Like scratch the itch in a yeah. certain way. Yeah, I yeah, that makes sense. It's just, uh, it was interesting to think about whether people think about these things in advance or whether it just happens. Yeah. I think the fact that I traveled so much for my job made moving easier because I, you know, I, I had to live in Germany two to four months of the year anyway, here in Hamburg. And I knew from the off that I absolutely loved it. It's just such a great city. And um, I think that made moving really easy. And it wasn't for the first time uh, during Brexit, no, for fuck's sake, not Brexit, (laughs) Corona. (laughs) For the first time during Corona. The two when, shit things. <laughs> yeah, when I couldn't go home, that's the first time homesickness really struck me because it had always been an option. Home was always there. And with the internet and FaceTime, you know, my family were never that far away. And as much as I love my family, homesickness has never been something I've suffered with. Like my mum would say when I was younger, if I bumped into my grandma and granddad in town, you, you couldn't get me away from my mum quick enough for a sleepover. Like it didn't help me at all, but um, then it felt strange. But like I said, you know, with the internet, like I'm, I'm actually closer with my family than ever. I Facetime mm-hmm. my mum every day. Like our relationship was Aww. never bad. It's improved so much since I've been gone that I'm actually kind of grateful for that. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. You say that distance. I know, like absence makes the heart grow fonder, but it genuinely uh, actually does. Like well, definitely. I think yeah. being away from people makes you value the time that you have together and the quality. Yeah, absolutely. Of you yeah, it is definitely quantity over quality. Yeah. So when you moved to Germany, um, 
what were would you say were the main things that you had to adapt to and were any of those particularly hard the first one is definitely the language yeah i was gonna say it's gonna be an obvious one isn't it yeah i mean hamburg is a very international city and i i don't have to speak a word of german to get by my daily life unless i want to um but it's tricky for example just today um, I was getting some results back from a doctor and my doctor mistranslated my results and actually told me that I was pre-diabetic and I've spent the whole entire day thinking that I'm a healthy 26 year old incredibly active woman that's pre-diabetic and I was just I, I was just so shocked and I didn't understand and I then had another appointment with the doctor and you know we got my results and it was like oh wait like I'm not pre-diabetic I've just got fucking cholesterol like you know cut back <laughs> on the foods like it's not a big deal um oh my so, god <laughs> yeah that it's definitely the language that's tricky and to be honest other than that I I don't have a, a problem living here I, I just I love it like it feels like a home away from home to me so is there so, anything you'd say is a language really yeah honestly I think so I mean, Germans, like German people, um, quite different. Very, yeah, they're very yeah. blunt and direct and honest. And I am not like that at all. I'm such a people pleaser. Honestly, I would cut off my own foot if it even meant that you'd get a fiver because that's the kind of person I am. And that was really tricky for me to deal with. But actually, I think it's helped me grow as a person because mm -hmm. it's, you know, I've pulled my big girl pants up and I can say what I want now. I'm not scared to give an opinion that might upset someone. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have learned that if I didn't move to such a blunt country. Yeah, I no, I, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, because Jade stayed with me for the first week of um, lockdown, second lockdown, and we watched a lot of Four in a Bed. Um, <laughs> and there was, there was this lady on there who... Um, has a and b in the new forest and we definitely want to go and she was a german lady but she was so blunt and honest with her opinions and all the english people just assumed she was rude and just didn't like her and me and jade were like shouting at the telly just like this is how she is that's what german people are like we're just completely different like and they all seemed that she was horrible. And we were like, no, she's actually really nice. She's just being really truthful. And that's just yeah. how she was. I know that's such yeah. a random, <laughs> like, I'm watching a lot of Four in a Bed at the moment. <laughs> Love it. I miss good English TV. Yeah. That's a weird Amazon one. Amazon like, Prime. Yeah, watch shit TV. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. That's what I'm watching it on. Yeah, it is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I think um, when you befriend this is literally becoming a podcast about Germans in Germany, but that's fine. Um, I don't know if um, Leonie listens, but she, one of my really close friends is German. Um, and we went to drama school together. When I met her, I was like, who is this fucking rude bitch? I was like, <laughs> she is an asshole. And yeah. her and I butted heads so badly for the first couple of months I'd say but that's Until also because you're very blunt and honest and I can imagine that's quite a bitter pill for you to swallow that there's someone else that's the same and I think that's <laughs> what you love Germans she um but like I was gonna say I think it really teaches you to not take things personally and it takes you to use it as constructive criticism rather than to be like oh, how can you say that she's saying to me oh if I were you I'd work on that like 
you should probably work on your sight reading or your sight singing. And I'll be like, fuck you, bitch. How dare you say that? And then I get home, I'm like, I probably should work on my sight singing. Like, she's trying to be helpful. Criticism. Exactly. Um, I I think it's it's just interesting. I think that that some countries in the UK, um, in Europe, are really, we think of them to be really similar to the UK. Like, for example, Germany food's not that different, weather's not that different, you know, cultural norms are not that different, but then there are some quite significant cultural changes that you do have to adapt to. Like you say, even just with the level of communication and how people communicate is, um, is something you have to learn. And I think we were quite interested in today's episode to talk about from the perspective of somebody who has to go through that, like we never really get to hear it from the side of the person who has experience being an immigrant we kind of just assume certain things and we don't really get to interview them yeah and it's totally the small things that you don't expect like um my partner comes like from very very far east in germany in fact like he was born when the wall was still up he was born behind the wall and oh, really? the the further away from cities you go the less uh cultured it is when we visit his family in this very small little eastern town for example every restaurant we go going- to Lederhosen. options. Got no vegan. <laughs> like there's nothing for me to eat. It's oh, crazy. Right. Like, and you didn't, you don't think of these things, but like I'm looking at the menu and the only thing on the menu that I could eat was a soup. <laughs> like, Is it all just like sausages and yeah, it, honestly, it's just sausages and potato salad. Nice. That's what they eat for Christmas. I fucked up on salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on kartoffel salad. Good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've had a conversation before, haven't we, Ginger? I've, I've told Jess that there's nothing like a German sausage. No, that not <laughs> <laughs> Take that how you will, pun fucking intended. <laughs> I've never but experienced very but... <laughs> <laughs> We've done our studies. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to catch up. We're going to Hamburg. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll source you with some bratwurst. <laughs> So they never make you, not they, uh, wrong, wrong word, but so have you ever felt like a foreigner or did you feel like, it's a bit different, but I've kind of just, I'm here now and this is where I live. Yes, I, I've never felt like a foreigner until this year. So um, because of the the company that I used to work for, we sailed under an Italian flag. So I was employed and paying taxes in Italy. So I have never paid German taxes. And this year um, I was terminated from my contract at three weeks notice. And because, because of that, and because I'm a foreigner, I wasn't able to get any kind of financial support. So there's one type of support that I could get and they made me jump through hoops on fire covered in shit that probably has corona I had to try that hard like I had to declare everything of mine I had to declare everything about Max all of his money um how long he's been here how long I've been there um all for them then to turn around and say well actually um your boyfriend probably earns enough money to keep you um and we're not going to give you anything and I you know I really just felt like a lazy foreigner which is a huge, a huge thing that um, I think is very relevant in the UK that, oh, the immigrants just come here and they don't get any jobs and they just want to get benefits. And that's not at all my situation. I came here with a five-year plan. I came here with a very solid and stable job. I would not have moved to a foreign country without knowing the language, without having a job. Like 
And, you know, I had a choice and a lot of people that are immigrants don't have choices and they do have to make a dangerous journey to live somewhere. But it was so frustrating. They refused to speak to me in English. Max had to do everything for me. And um, it's probably the only time that I've felt very unwelcome here. And that was like, a that was really hard because I, you know, I, I didn't come here just to take money. Like I lost my job because there's a world pandemic, the same as everyone else. Yeah. And yeah, I, I basically felt stateless. The UK wouldn't help me because I don't live there. Germany wouldn't help me because I don't pay taxes here. And I was just kind of stuck in the middle. Like, well, great. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, mm. that was horrible. That was a really horrible feeling. And to have yeah. it away from home as well must have been quite intense a lot of stuff yeah whilst also dealing with a world pandemic you know mm. I finished my last contract on the 14th of March and we went into lockdown like a week or so afterwards and all of a sudden everyone's wearing masks I didn't realize how much I relied on being able to read someone's lips to understand their German mm -hmm. and there's all these signs on the floor that I don't understand and everyone's pushing you and shoving you and oh if you get that last bit of toilet roll like a German will literally push you to try and get it from you and um yeah it was it was really weird and frightening but uh, I mean, now that it's it's finished and, you know, I feel like it's made me a bit more of a superwoman than at the beginning of the year because I like, oh my God, like I managed that. I lived through yeah. that and I survived. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it's horrible. And it really gave me an insight into what it feels like to be an immigrant in the UK. And I've heard the things that people say about immigrants and stuff. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, that's me. And no yeah. one, none of my family consider that I'm an immigrant and yet a lot of people in my family were very you know pro-Brexit because the immigrants come and take our jobs and then I'm suddenly like well hang on a minute that's me you're related yeah. to someone in that situation trying to sponge off the government for lack of a better term yeah, yeah. that leads really well onto our next question so why is immigrant such a loaded word in your in your view yeah I think it's exactly that people have this huge misconception a of what an immigrant is um i actually only learned um during lockdown or 1.0 i've read a really interesting article about what's the difference between expat and immigrant i just thought i was an expat because i didn't know what it meant um and i you know everyone has this great thing you know i'm going to move to spain one day and it's expats in spain and they live there for the rest of their days of you know the pension that they collected in the uk and that's that mm -hmm. but that's not at all the case. Anybody that relocates permanently with zero intention of returning is an immigrant. Mm -hmm. And people just, they can't consider that an immigrant is white. And I think that's basically what it is. Mm -hmm. And they don't think about the fact that people are moving to other countries because they're fleeing from an incredibly dangerous country and I have friends in the Ukraine I have friends in Belarus I'm sure you guys have seen what was going on there this year with those like terrifying riots and all the violence and everything and you know then someone says oh well now all the Ukrainians are coming to England and now they're going to take all our jobs and blah 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 and I'm like well no they're not it's just that you're not willing to take those jobs yeah. and I've worked with immigrants in the UK I was the only British national in a team of about 10 people in a restaurant and every person I worked with was so incredibly hardworking. They had multiple jobs. None of them got money from the, the government. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think it boils down to racism and xenophobia. Yeah, 100%, I agree. Yeah, I think people, people just have a stereotype in their head of an immigrant, don't they? So yeah. they, as soon as they hear that word, they think of, they think of what we see in the news and we you know what, 
racist chant about, but you know, they would never picture you, would they? No, no, not at all. They wouldn't picture someone like you. A young, educated white girl, not at all. No. Yeah. And um, the interesting thing about, well, Brits and white people in general is that we will always bend the rules and the vocabulary to make things more palatable um, for us because, yeah, imagine like if I said, oh, like one of my closest friends is an immigrant, you know, there'd be certain people that would be like, hmm, where's she from? And like go quiet and not know how to discuss it. And you could be like, oh, yeah, no, but like, I don't know why it makes a difference really that your story to anyone else's obviously there is a difference in terms of why you moved. Um, you, you, you haven't had to, like you had other choices luckily, but some privilege, exactly. Yeah. You, you moved with the privilege and then why are we persecuting the ones who move because it's literally life and death. Yeah. But I'm wondering if the opinion now will change because of Brexit, because mm-hmm. this, this, you know the you know the allowance to move freely has now been taken away and i've actually seen people that have shared these incredibly racist articles and that were very openly pro brexit and blah 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 and now posting like well i can't believe that if i just want to up and move to spain i'm not allowed they've taken that right away from me blah 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 and i'm like you fucking voted for it yeah. like, you are the reason people have no fucking idea and they're it like is- i've just found out that our security checks are going to be longer at airports and I'm not happy about it. And you're like, do you know why that is, Han? Yeah, <laughs> do you want to try navigating living in a foreign country when this is going on? It's a lot fucking worse than standing for 10 minutes longer at security. Like, Yeah. Honestly, like knowing that you could move around and just travel less freely was probably one of the main reasons why I didn't vote to leave. Because I knew that, that, well, it was one, I knew it was, would be one of the things that would affect me the most, probably. I don't think a lot of people thought about that. No. They literally thought, I think it's more of a young thing, though, isn't it? it? It's more yeah. of a young thing when you know you want to travel, you know, want to experience the world. Having something that's stopping you from doing that would be more something. And I like to think our generation is a lot more liberal in our ideas. So that's why that's the first thing that they think about. Not the yeah. people stealing jobs and shit like that. You know, yeah. it isn't true. <laughs> and also most of the young generation aren't the people that voted for it. Yeah. Statistically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember um... that. <laughs> I just had a thought as well, like the your stereotypical immigrant that's come from either Eastern Europe or um, sort of the Middle East. And um, I don't know what you call that area because we always used to just call it. It is technically Asia, but like real Western Asia, the stands and um, yeah, anyway, Asia, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm doing geography now. But um, I think it's interesting that we kind of go, we don't think about why they're moving. And we think, oh, you know, they're having to move illegally and they're doing this under, um, you know, they're not having a license to work and stuff. But if we were suddenly to have a fascist dictator in this country or suddenly become a right wing country, so many people would want to leave and so many people would desperately want to leave. And And we wouldn't be allowed to. That opportunity away. If we, and we are becoming more, well, I don't know, uh, this is not a uh, founded view. This is, in my opinion, um, I see things going more right wing because people are angrier about certain things. And I think if we ever did become have a, more of a fascist leader, we wouldn't be able to go anywhere. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. So talking about what we've talked about then, has it given you any insight into anything that you didn't have before, Georgia? I mean, the, the answer can be no, if you kind of were already woke. No, the- Beforehand. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the answer is definitely yes. 
I mean, I've always been, like I say, I'm very empathetic and I've always been very exposed to other cultures because of, you know, being a performer and being a singer. I don't think I quite realized how dire it is across the world, the situation. Um, and that's something that I've definitely learned more since moving to a foreign country and meeting people. Like just not that long ago, I met um, a guy that did come here illegally from Syria about eight years ago. And he like really broke down his story to me and just, you know, all of these things and the extremities of like what is and isn't allowed. And, you know, this is a privately insured country. So if you don't have private health insurance, that's illegal. And, you know, all of these things and he didn't speak a word of English and blah, 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 blah. And I, I knew that it existed. I just didn't realize how badly it existed. I think I was quite, I think, naive more than, no, ignorant. I think I was very ignorant, ignorant to it. Um, and it's really changed my opinion on it, especially um, like, for example, homelessness. Did you know they've just passed a law in the UK that if you're a yeah. resident in the UK, but not a citizen and you became, you become homeless, they'll send you, you back. Kicked out, yeah. And I think that's disgusting. Like, I, I just, I, yeah, I just can't believe that such opinions exist. It's bizarre, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's just made me more empathetic to, you know, homelessness or people not being able to speak English. And, you know, I trained as an English language teacher this year and I've been trying to reach out to charities to help teach uh, immigrants um, and refugees when they come here that don't speak any English or German to try and help them. But... I mean, it's just... It's, the language one is an, is an interesting one, isn't it? And I did mean to ask you about this because I, as much as I've travelled and I've backpacked um, and I am totally left-wing and I don't see immigration as a bad thing, I never have. Personally, my opinion has always been I welcome a more multicultural and diverse society because yeah. if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have so many of the amazing experiences that we have in our country. I mean, I don't mean to be crude, but like the most right-wing of people who are like anti-immigration, vote BNP, fucking love their Indian takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's like it's so ridiculous, isn't it? Can't um, have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Cut him. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, it's no, just not what I'm about before I started talking about Indian takeaways. I don't know. Um, I've got distracted thinking about takeaways as well. <laughs> no, I know. So have I. That's totally taken off my train of thought. I was thinking um, about Chinese. Oh, the language. It was the language. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so... Um, so even with the opinions that I have and being as liberal as I am, it's easy to go somewhere and be fucking frustrated that they're not speaking the same language as you. And as a white English person, we are just conditioned to be like, why don't you speak English? And you forget that you're in their country. <laughs> it's I really feel... funny you say that because I get that here. I, I get that here a lot. And actually I, I, I get it a bit from my German family. There is a lot of pressure on me from my German family. And I get, you know, you live here, you work here, you have to speak the language. And mm. even if I literally say something like, yes, it's like ah, German. And I'm just like, hang on a fucking minute. Like I've lived in England for 25 and a half yeah. years of my life. I moved here with a job. I never expected to be working on land, which is gonna sound silly because I used to work on ships. I never expected to be working <laughs> on land this soon with this level of German. Mm. And I am very proactive. I do German lessons every day unless it's like you know a lazy day I, just in the morning I just like open up an app on my phone and I do German on Duolingo yeah um I you know I have certificates I've taken lessons I have you know I've, I've really worked on it mm. but I get it all the time and like just the other day at work I work in an Australian bar 
And this guy came up to him and I'm like, oh, hi, welcome. How are you doing? And he, I took his whole order in English. And then when I came back, he asked me in German, do you speak English? Do you speak German? I said, yes. And then he said, so why are you talking to me in English? You're in Germany. And I was like, you're in a fucking Australian bar. And my boss yeah. was like, yeah, she is. Like, <laughs> what like what do you want from me like yeah, I, I it's, this. I it's, it's not easy learning a new language I think it's just just Especially showing that German. you're proactively trying you know it's not being ignorant and just assuming that everyone will be English and trying your hardest I mean I feel embarrassed when I go abroad and I can't speak the language so yeah, at least true. at the minimum just try and say please and thank you and and just learn do you speak English in that language you know just I think makes a huge difference like yeah, someone right. like me I I really struggled to learn a new language at school like I really I was told not to take French because I just couldn't just couldn't grasp it um, you finger painting instead huh should finger painting instead no, I didn't. <laughs> no I didn't potato prints I did a performing arts b-tech <laughs> But, um, you know, like, I, I like it, it. I feel guilty for not, I feel like a twat for not knowing another language. And yeah. I feel like everyone should just make that tiny bit of effort, especially if you're going to live somewhere to learn the language which you're doing. So I wouldn't, you know, and like you said, Germans are outspoken and will say what they think so if they want you to say something in German they'll tell you so I wouldn't yeah, you know I wouldn't learning. take it to heart because you're trying no and that's the thing it's something that I know like I know that I'm trying and I know my situation and I guess this is literally this probably sums up immigration in a little bubble mm. is that you have no idea what brought that person to be in that mm. situation these people have no idea that I had like an incredible job that I have trained for 24 years to get at this point and mm. work my ass off to maintain and keep. And they, they, they don't know that I just ended up living here because of a bad situation because of COVID. And that's yeah. the point. Like you should never, you should never judge a book by its cover. This whole be kind thing, because you never know what someone else is going through. And you know, that's how, how long they had to prepare to be there. Like they don't know. It's all very well saying, Oh, we need our immigrants to speak a bit of English. Obviously, like it's not. It would be nice for everyone to have it to get by, purely because it make their life easier. But also, you don't know if they had twenty four hours to pack up, or whether they had twenty four years to know that they were moving to England. Like, like you say, you can't know anyone's story, can you? And you can't sort of yeah. put a blanket term under immigrant that says they need to do this and they should do this and etc. 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 Yeah, definitely. So I'm assuming from what you've said, the hardest slash scariest part of living away from home has probably ha been having to do with covid and the pandemic is that is that probably what yeah. you're i think so because other than that i was only here like since i've moved here we moved here last year i lived here for three months and then i went yeah. off on a world cruise and i was gone so i you know i never really actually fully experienced living here yeah and during those three months for um two and a half of them like i was working yeah. And I was going to work every day with my English colleagues or, you know, my Ukrainian colleagues or American colleagues. And we were mm -hmm. speaking English all day, every day, singing in English all day, every day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I guess that was like my safety blanket. And that was like taken away from me. And then I really experienced what it was like to be a foreigner in a country where you live. Yeah. And I think that's like the hardest time. I think as yeah, well, right. it was, it was scary wherever you were, no matter Definitely. what country you're in. So to be, 
somewhere where it's not your your you know your where you're from and what language you speak I can completely get how scary that would feel Um, especially especially with somewhere so regulated like Germany as well and they're very like from what I've seen on the news they were very like strict with their rules and everything was very like probably a bit more organized than the UK was (laughs) yeah I mean we bossed it last time I mean now situation here is really that's the thing as well Germans do as they're told so it's like wear a mask wash your hands it's like yes yeah. I'm gonna. but now like I think as a country like everyone's just sick of it like we're now same everywhere first lockdown they're now talking about after Christmas making it even like back to the rules at the beginning like really strict no mixing households so and I mean that's really isolating um when you can't see anyone i mean we don't really have that many friends here anyway because max isn't from here <laughs> and I, but like it's what, just, um what's happening know. with germany with the the vaccine are they is there anything happening with that because obviously with the uk we've got the vaccine rolling out like next week i know i can't believe it my friend works in a gp in milton Keynes, and she's like sorry i've, I've got to go i'm taking appointments for the jab and i'm like what Fucking i don't know i haven't heard anything about it here but honestly the situation here is so dire that i just don't think okay. they can focus on that right now like i didn't think have, it was that bad oh it's really bad we now have something like 50 infections per 100,000, which is like the same as having a really high r number in the uk okay and we okay. don't have an r number but um, no, it's it's really bad here. Like the whole of the hospitality industry is still closed. So I'm currently mm. not working. So I'm yeah. like unemployment 2.0. But um, yeah, it, it's really bad here. It's, it's really bad. Mm. Well, on a happier note, what positives have you taken from this year and your immigration journey? Actually, this is like my, my favourite part to have come out of um, Corona. I really appreciate being forced to take a minute and just like take a break and take a step back and just not always be rushing off somewhere or looking forward to the next tour or looking forward to you know seeing old friends or new friends just like actually in learning to enjoy my own company and enjoying this flat that I've had for a year and a half and until this year had spent two months in Mm -hmm. um I really appreciate um that it's like made me start a business I started a business a couple of weeks ago and it's going really well and I'm shocked and um yeah more than anything it's just made me feel really grateful to have what I have because any of it could be taken away at any point and like I mentioned before it was all taken away and you know myself and also in our relationship with my partner like we did it together and we got through it and I reconnected with old friends that like were not not friends anymore, but we just kind of lost touch along the way of the busyness of life. And, you know, also just being able to enjoy this fucking incredible city that I live in and all the Aww. gorgeous parks and, the, you know, walking. And I've got friends here now, now, now that I have a job <laughs> here, I people like I have friends because yeah. that was, that's the biggest, actually one of the bigger things that I forgot to mention is how do you make friends when you move to a foreign country? I don't know the language. <laughs> And you don't work here. Yeah. Like, I have a way to meet people. Because if you like, think about how many people you meet through work and friends that you get through work, it's like a made, like, if you think. All your childhood friends that you just yeah. hang on to. Like Jade and I met at work. Like, you know, it's... it's well, technically, so do we, I guess, Jade. Yeah. <laughs> so you meet a lot of people through work. And I, I think it's something you forget. Like, I'm really good really someone yeah. that I've met at my job now. Like, it is a big part of making friends. Yeah. Um, one thing I briefly wanted to quickly talk about before we run out of time 
is when you moved, how did you go about keeping your sa- yourself safe as a woman in a new place? Did you do any research into like the area that you lived or did you know much about the country as a whole and like how it is? Because obviously, you know, being a woman on your own, although you're not on your own, you're with a boyfriend, but obviously you spend a lot of time on your own without him. So yeah, I mean, I have actually, I have lived here completely on my own before. When um, okay. I was like here for work a couple of years ago, I was renting an apartment and I just happened to be the only person staying in it. And um, that's a really interesting question. I never felt in danger in here in Germany before in my whole entire life until this year mm-hmm. when um, where we live, right uh, just around the corner, there's one of these medical centers that um, they have them in Germany. And I think they're also allowed in the US. I can't remember where else where they will give very small amount of doses of drugs to addicts and yeah. homeless people, um, basically because then they're trying to keep the crime rates down that they, yeah. you know, they won't bother you because they can go there and get their fix. Mm-hmm. And we happen to live very close to that. And we also live on a canal. So the only two train stations or bus stops that I have either require walking through um, this area where the clinic is, where there are, and it's so sad, there are literally people just like absolutely passed out on the floor or like huddled in a corner, you know, injecting drugs or just like sleeping there. And um, it doesn't terrify me because they're homeless. It just terrifies me that like they have nothing to lose and Mm -hmm. therefore you know, attacking me for my phone or even the five euros in my purse um, to them is everything. Yeah. So actually it's only been this year that I've felt unsafe. And the way that I combat that is um, changing my method of transport home from work. We have this incredible um, taxi service called Moya, which runs more like a bus and that comes to outside my house or by literally taking the longest route home to be in the lights. Yeah. Um, or just you know being on the phone with someone and I don't even think it's relevant that I'm here in Germany it's just it's just circumstantial that we happen to live in an area where there is such a big homelessness problem and there are like break-ins to our building all the time because like I said nothing it's the same here in Winchester now we've got such such a bad homelessness problem like I, I always say to Jade I used to feel safe walking around at night on my own in Winchester, but not anymore, not in the past yeah. few years. I also think as you get older, you get wiser. Yeah. And you realise how many times you put yourself in dangerous situations through mm-hmm. pure naivety. Fuck yeah. My God, how I like wasn't dead by the time I was 20s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, stuff that Jade's told me, honestly, I don't know if she's still... <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, I think, I think I mean, what, what, what I've taken from that is just general, unfortunately woman yeah just being safe yeah yeah jay do you want to ask the last question before i would indeed my love what would you say to somebody who is 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 considering immigrating or relocating do it anywhere in the world i knew you're gonna say that you will (laughs) do it you will you will see and experience and fall in love with another culture in a way that you just never knew that you could and like combining cultures like for example Christmas the half English the half German little traditions and like finding a way to love your new home and still honor your old home I just think it's yeah it's it's precious and I I would say to anyone that's considering it just do it because you never know what's going to happen amazing and you can always go home (laughs) yeah that's true you can always visit so thank you so much for coming on and talking to us we have one last little question that we ask all of our uh guess which i'm sure you know is 
If you had to pick an inspirational woman, famous or not famous, who would you pick and why? I thought really long and hard about this one. And I have two. I'm going to keep it brief. Okay. Firstly, Chessie King, I think is absolutely incredible. And she has taught me to fall in love with myself and my body in a way that I just never thought was accessible to me. Um, and her book, How to, be your, How to Be Your Own Best Friend or something, is just fantastic. I was telling Jade about it this week. It's amazing. Yeah, we'll and, share it on our story if you let us know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can, I can show you afterwards. And then the second one, and this one is actually so cringe, but it's the first person that came to mind. It's my mum. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to trust my mum. Oh, no. But, I love it. My mum is just like, she started a business this year. Like, we moved her whole entire business online. Yeah. And she lost it. And I just thought, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. And that's why I started my own business. So Jessie King and my mum. Love you, mum. <laughs> I love how everyone says their mums. It's just it's precious. Women, it? women are just fucking amazing. I just yeah, love right. women. They're best. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've properly felt that this year, like the support of the women around me and the, the wonderful women around me. I feel extremely privileged. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's almost privileged. like, it's like, debilitating how yeah. like amazing it is to have these incredible women around and you. not even not even right. people that you know like yeah strangers on like, the internet. yeah like people on instagram just saying like yes you know like it's just nice it's just they so it's so it's proper sisterhood i like yeah, it, it I'm a fan. i love it i love it thank you so much for coming on and for being coming on so last minute we were a bit shit organizing um but i think it's we've actually covered a really interesting topic and something that, i hope so yeah no i think it's something that's quite important to talk about and so important because it shows that the stereotype of an immigrant is not what it is that's not Absolutely, that shouldn't be yeah. the stereotype that's just one tiny aspect that we see in the news of that particular thing you know yeah um, just um say something dirty in german to see us out <laughs> ah, willst du mich ficken für Geld? <laughs> what, what does it, does it mean? mean? Will you fuck me for money? <laughs> oh my god, amazing! <laughs> I think <laughs> we're gonna end it there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.